Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. You're listening to the FT Money Show. Brought to you by Investors Chronicle and FT Money. Hello and welcome to the FT Money Show. In this week's programme, will the stock market rally continue right up to Christmas? And can investors expect a happy new year? Can you still get a good deal on your savings as interest rates come down? Can you insure yourself against higher mortgage payments if interest rates go up? And we have some good news and bad news on last-minute Christmas shopping on the internet. I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be giving you the lowdown on all of these money matters in downloadable form with the help of my colleague from FT Money, Steve Lodge. Hello. So let's start with this week's money news, and we're joined by a special guest uh, for this week's uh, podcast, the FT's Markets Editor, Chris Brown-Humes. We've seen stock markets rallying in the last couple of weeks, and then earlier this week we had the intervention from central banks trying to make it easier uh, for institutions to sort of lend money to each other to ease the uh, uh, the credit crisis. But uh, Chris, that doesn't seem to have gone down so well with the market. So, do you think this rally is going to peter out? Well, I think there's a lot of scepticism about whether these central bank moves are actually going to achieve their desired aim. So, and I think we've seen banks, actually bank shares selling off uh, quite dramatically in the aftermath of this announcement. And you tend to think that we are heading not for a year-end rally, actually. What we're going to see is days of, of volatility, basically. Some days we're going to see shares going up quite a lot. Some days we're going to see them going down quite a lot. That's been the pattern of recent weeks. No reason to think that isn't going to continue. So the Santa Claus rally cannot be relied upon this year? I think this is one of the years that we should definitely not think of a Santa Year rally. And I suppose everyone will now be thinking, well, how much longer will the volatility continue? Are we, are we going to see this uncertainty going into the first quarter, second quarter of 2008? Well, I think that that is the way, certainly, that it's looking and the way that if you talk to investment banks, they're talking at precisely along. It may not be before next summer, really, that we start to see an improvement in sentiment. And I think that's one of the reasons that share prices just aren't able to gain any traction going up, because there's so much uncertainty over the extent of the write-downs we're still going to see in all these banks, over the extent to which this is going to affect the real economy, over the extent to which this is going to affect earnings next year. And until some of these things start to become clearer, I really can't see any sustained rally. And it sounds as if the factors are going to be the ones that people have become familiar with in, in recent months. It's the, it's the ongoing uh, effect of the, of, of the subprime crisis and the, 
the, the ensuing tightening of uh, credit conditions around the world. Yeah, and I mean, and the way that what started out as a very U.S. problem is clearly now a global problem, and the way that the downturn in the U.S. housing market is now being mirrored by a downturn in the U.K. housing market, uh, and the way that uh, this is just. Uh, It's not clear where this is going to end, really. And, Steve, we've seen some private investors trying to be a little bit clever in the way that they've they've played these market conditions. Some of them have uh, come a cropper, got their fingers Mm. burnt. Definitely people buying Northern Rock on the way down. Well, well, private investors and uh, and certain institutional investors making the the same mistake. Do you you think that private investor activity is likely to to tail off... uh, you know, another six months. It's interesting to know, isn't it? I mean, we're coming up to the ISA season when investors traditionally chuck their money into these tax shelters. Um, what are they going to do in the spring? I mean, Chris, is there is there the chance of a market crash, which might in turn be a recovery play for investors in the first quarter, or is it just ongoing volatility? Um, well, I mean, people are asking, could there be a bear market in equities next year? A bear market is where you see a fall of sort of 20% from peak to trough. Um, personally, I think we could well see falls. Uh, I'd be surprised if there was a sustained bear market because, well, let's, let's turn it around a bit and look at some of the positives. Uh, we are going to have banks everywhere cutting interest rates next year. Um, we're going to have, I think we'll have a continuation of merger and acquisition activity because you've got a lot of corporates with very strong balance sheets. And, and let's not forget the effect of these sovereign wealth funds which have suddenly appeared on our radar screens. They seem willing to come in with money in distressed situations, take stakes in big companies. And I think that will provide, in a way, some sort of flaw under the market. So there may be some opportunities for people getting into those last-minute ISAs uh, in the spring or, indeed, the, their ISAs in the new tax year at what might turn out to be a, a relative market low. Well, although in terms of the funds that people might be looking at um, next year for their ISAs, you, you mentioned the merger and acquisition activity, the effect of sovereign wealth funds. Um, do you think it's it's going to be in the, you know, the the big sort of blue chip companies that we that we see this level of activity? And so, will the will the sort of safer blue chip funds be the ones that will attract more attention? Well, that's certainly the market consensus because we are seeing where we're seeing sovereign wealth funds coming in. They're going for the big companies. They're not interested in the small fry, the small and medium uh, uh, cap stocks. So I think that's very much where we're likely to see the M&A activity being concentrated. And we all know the names in the frame at the moment. We've got Rio Tinto being bid for. We've got rumours around Extrata. There's a buzz in the market at the moment about BG Group. I mean, it's that sort of company that uh, uh, could well be of interest. And the flip side of that, more bad news for uh, small caps, of course which are heavily down this year, aren't they? Well, exactly. There was a note put out by um, uh, MGM uh, earlier this week talking about the big shift from small caps into, uh, into large caps, into sort of FTSE 100 stocks, and that's already borne out by a lot of the data showing the sort of top ten buys by fund managers are all these great big blue-chip safer companies. So that seems to be the way investors are going uh, next year. We'll obviously come back to this uh, at ISA season and see if it's been borne out, but... Uh, Chris, for now, thank you very much indeed. And look out for our feature on large cap stocks versus uh, small cap stocks and what fund managers are doing in Weekend FT and on ft.com forward slash money out on the 15th of December. You can also send in your financial questions for us to answer by emailing us at ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. Still to come in the programme, insurance that pays out when your mortgage bill rises. Could this replace fixed-rate mortgages? And we have some good news and bad news on Christmas shopping on the internet. 
But first, savings rates. Last week, we advised savers to move quickly and take out the best fixed-rate savings accounts to protect themselves against falling cash returns after the Bank of England cut the base rate to 5.5%. Savings rates of up to 7% were available, but they won't last for too long. Well, there is another way to get even better rates if you can save regularly. Monthly saver accounts are paying 8%, sometimes more. Um, so, Steve, you've been having a look at these regular monthly savings accounts and, uh, and some of the rates and also some of the catches that can be involved. Yes, Matthew, 7 8% even more. So I spoke to Rachel Thrussell, head of savings at Moneyfax, about the fallout from the base rate cut and how to benefit from these deals. Last week's base rate cut, presumably bad news for savers. Yes, it is bad news for savers because we're expecting most institutions to cut their rates over the next month or so, particularly with um, rates being sort of their highest for around about six years. So they've been artificially high with institutions trying to, to get funds in. So we are expecting That's this credit see... squeeze business, is it? Yes, it is. It seems to have had a knock-on effect. And obviously, everything that's happened with Northern Rock, people are trying to attract funds to bump up their savings book and to, to fund their businesses through other means rather than in the property market or you know, the subprime market overseas. So when are we actually going to see these cuts? Uh, we've had a few cuts. Out of the around about 120 institutions we monitored, we've had about 20 announced rate reductions of around about 0.25%, but that's really only on their tracker products, which we would expect to see. Right, they're um, the ones that come down automatically. Yeah, they're, they're directly linked to base rates, so they will automatically change whenever base rate moves sure. up or down. The bulk of savings rates, we're not really expecting to see till around about the end of this month, beginning of January, but what we don't know is whether they'll be passing on the full quarter Obviously, it's Christmas. Institutions are reluctant to pass on more bad news to savers. Uh, a lot of institutions are at their year end, so they're trying to get their report and accounts out, do the yeah. mailings to their customers. So it would be interesting to see whether the full quarter is passed on sure. or when, whether they'll sort of tweak rates and do slightly less. And next year, though, we're expecting more base rate reductions, aren't we? So presumably, this is going to be an ongoing trend. Uh, yeah, they, I think sort of the industry is expecting rates to be as low as 4% by the end of next year, which obviously is very bad news for savers. So, so what can they do? Uh, one option they've got is to um, go into a fixed rate. There's some very good fixed rates around on the market at the moment. Um, short term, we've got a 6.8 on a three-month from Birmingham Midshires or 6.9 for six months national counties. If you're looking uh, slightly longer, say Abbey have got a very good fixed rate at the moment at 7%, although that, 7%. Is, that is from £50,000. So if you've got a lump sum to invest, you, sure. you know, you could... What about these accounts, though, I see as I'm walking to work in the morning, offering me 12% even more from some banks? Uh, uh, how do they work? Uh, they're regular savings accounts. They're, they're really a carrot, sort of they're dangling a carrot to get you in. So they offer you a good rate, 12, 14, 15%, as you say, but there's usually a catch to it. You either have to have a one of their current accounts which needs funding or you need to take out a life product or an equity product or, or one of their other range of accounts, which obviously if you've already got, then yes, by all means take advantage of it. But you, you really need to look beyond the, the fixed rate, what happens to the product then and is the other product that you've 
mm. been forced but, to but, take. But there are some that are cleaner, I think. There are. I mean, regular savings accounts are very good. They tend to pay higher than the normal um, accounts. That you see. And we've got rates at the moment up high 7.55 from Skipton on their Christmas saver. And these um, have no catches worth speaking of? No, the only catch really with regular savings is you have to commit to a set amount each month. There is a maximum amount each month that you can save. So obviously they're not ideal for lump sums, although you could open a Best Buy no notice account and drip feed the saving, uh, regular savings account. And, and you of, could open accounts with a number of institutions, presumably. Yeah, you could do that. You could um, look at all the top rates and work out, sort of divide your lump sum by the maximum monthly savings and go around the high street and look on the internet and open an account at every institution. Some will allow you to open more than one product, but it probably won't be long before they get wise to this and limit it to one per person. And, and many of them are from building societies, aren't they? Which even opens the prospect of a windfall somewhere down the line. Yeah, the majority of regular savings are on offer from the building societies, particularly the small regional societies. And yes, it is a way you become a, a member of that society. And in the event of a merger or takeover, you may be lucky enough you know, to receive a windfall. That was Rachel Thrussell at Money Facts and Steve's article on savings accounts and how to maximise the amount of money you get into these higher paying monthly savings accounts is in this week's uh, FT Money and on ft.com forward slash money from the 15th of December. Coming up, we have good news and bad news on Christmas shopping websites. Before that, though, imagine you could insure against rising mortgage payments and get a payout to cover the extra cost whenever interest rates went up. Would you ever need to remortgage again? Would you ever need to pay those hefty arrangement fees for fixed-rate deals? Well, it sounds almost too good to be true. So how does this insurance work, and why isn't it on sale on every high street? I put these questions to the man who's devised it all, Chris Taylor, CEO of MarketGuard UK. So, Chris, what exactly is interest rate insurance? I'm sure most listeners won't have heard of this. Interest rate insurance is a new concept. The idea is that it will give you the opportunity to protect yourself from Bank of England bank rate rises and thus your mortgage payments. So how exactly does it work? Does it pay out money to compensate you if the rate goes up? Well, all mortgage holders on a standard variable rate will find their rates go up in line with Bank of England rate rises. Our insurance would pay out claims to you each time the Bank of England raises its rate above a certain level. So up goes the rate, your insurance pays out and it effectively covers your additional monthly mortgage payment? Absolutely. It acts effectively like a capped rate mortgage but without the requirement to remortgage. So how does it work? What's what's behind the insurance policy? Are you bearing the risk uh, or are you you basically trading this in in the markets? We as an insurance company use the money markets or more specifically the derivatives markets to to protect ourselves against the Bank of England rate rises. This isn't something the consumer could do or the mortgage holder could do. Uh, So we trade those markets wholesale and pass the protection on to the consumer in an insurance package which is easy to understand and easy to sell. I suppose the uh, £64 million question is, uh, how much does this actually cost? I mean, I, I can go and get a, a fixed-rate mortgage or a cap-rate mortgage of, from the few that are available right now. Is the pricing of your insurance more attractive, as attractive? 
Well, I think that's the key. Not only is the insurance policy much more flexible because it allows you to take the mortgage of your choice, it's also our belief that it's considerably cheaper at the moment to protect yourself against rate rises above 5.75% on a £100,000 mortgage the protection would cost you, or the insurance would cost you £500 for a two-year policy protection. So effectively £500, no matter what happens to rates, you'll effectively pay no more for, for two years. That's, that, I mean, that's cheaper than the arrangement fees on lots of two-year fixed rates. Absolutely. Arrangement fees are now looking like they're one5 even 2% of um, some. So £500 is considerably cheaper than taking a fixed-rate mortgage and paying arrangement fees. Great. Well, so um, how do we get hold of one of these excellent insurance policies? Well, right now we're talking to government and the Treasury because, as things stand, the claims payments would be taxable under income tax legislation. We are in negotiations, in talks with, uh, with all concerned, and we're hopeful that there'll be a change in the next budget allowing this to arrive in the consumer's hands tax-free. So look out for the sales next April. But basically, at the moment, it's not available and you need a change in the, in the tax treatment to make the, the product viable. Absolutely. We need a, a government change in the next budget before we can sell this responsibly. Well, our government uh, committed to making the housing market a safer place to be. Uh, hopefully we'll pay attention to this. Uh, Chris, thank you very much indeed. So is it really worth it, do you think, Matthew? I mean, especially rates are coming down, of course, aren't they? That, well, that is the problem uh, right now. There doesn't seem to be a great need for it with rates coming down and uh, you know, another two interest rate cuts forecast uh, for next year. I mean, I think the, I think the point that um, MarketGuard would make is that Whenever there's uncertainty about interest rates and house prices and things like that, low-cost insurance for peace of mind, and it has a value all of its own. The question is, is it priced competitively enough uh, to make it better than a fixed or capped rate mortgage? Or being in a tracker and benefiting from further rate cuts. Yeah, that's right. I'm uh, talking to some mortgage brokers. The difference between a tracker and a fixed rate at the moment is only about 0.1%. So take that example. So you're paying 0.1 for the protection. Yes, exactly. So 0.1% and take the example of the £100,000 mortgage that uh, MarketGuard used. Um, it's actually going to cost you you know, uh, a few hundred pounds over two years compared with the 500 pounds for their products. It becomes more interesting when tracker rates and fixed rates are further apart, which can happen and, mm. and, and often mm. does. So it's competitively priced. The problem is, of course, it doesn't exist. But I can also see interest where someone has locked into a high fixed rate and if rates are going to fall a long way then I'd like, to, I'd like to be able to benefit from the rates falling further, if you see what I mean. I have an, have an option to get out of my fixed rates. Uh, well, uh, yes, of course, so mm. to benefit from uh, falling, falling rates. rates. So to so have a product that pays out yeah. when rates uh, fall. Mm, that buys me out of my fix. Yeah, the problem there uh, is that in order to get the regulatory clearance for this, uh, this insurance product, it has to be insurance against a risk rather than a speculation Oh. on interest rate movements, and, and the Treasury and Revenue and Customs will, will only consider changing the tax law, i.e. making the payments exempt from income tax, if it's insurance. So they're not, they're not going to let us play the interest rate speculation game, uh -huh. sadly. But so uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what happens. So they're hoping for um, some movement on this by the Treasury next year, and then the product could be available. 
And finally today, it's good news and bad news on online Christmas shopping. So, Steve, have you, have you done all your shopping yet? Sadly not. And I've already missed the US websites where I was hoping to pick up everything dirt cheap thanks to the low dollar they all the good dollar exchange rates um also this weekend is actually the deadline would you believe it for to order some from some uk websites that's 15th of december yeah kind of the exactly. cutoff point. it starts yeah. from here on in so get on with it i think is the first message the second message though is if you are looking to buy it online now and indeed in the future not just festively um then we're back to those good old cashback websites your favorite my favorite and my deal this week is a comparison tool for finding the best cashback sites Cashback sites, you'll recall, you, you, you buy your, from Harrods but through the cashback shopping website and you'll get a commission of a few percent. Some of them pay commissions double what the others pay. So finding the right cashback websites is worthwhile. So, yeah, so the good news is um, this, uh, this service will find you the very best cashback. The bad news is if you're listening to this on the 16th of December or later, it's a bit too late to get your deliveries in time. Yes, and, and, and the bad news is, I mean, I know you think I'm obsessed with cashback and double and triple dipping, but the, <laughs> the bad news is that cashback websites don't always work. They don't always track the transactions, so you don't always end up with the, the commission rebates. So the real point in all this is, is decide what product you want. Use the virtues of the internet to find it relatively cheaply. If you can buy it through a cashback website, even cheaper, all well and good, but sometimes, frankly, the cashback won't turn up. Well, I can't wait to, to see how you're going to do triple dipping in the January sales. But we'll, we'll wait until January for that. Uh, Steve, thanks very much. Um, and that's all we've got time for in this week's FT Money show. Remember that you can email your views and your questions to ask.ftyourmoney at ft.com. And we'll be back next week with another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Steve. Goodbye. And goodbye from our podcast producers, Blue Barracuda. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.